doctor and American Beside my brothers and my sisters I will proudly take a stand When liberty's in jeopardy I will always do what's right well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590, The Answer. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for Duty, Honor, Country. We're here in our seventh season here on AM590, The Answer. And, folks, thank you for being regular listeners. Thanks for the emails, the text messages that you send to me about topics you want to hear from. You know, we're here to support our armed forces and our veterans from all ranks, from all services, Guard, Reserve, Active Duty, and we want to support their families as well, and we've been doing that. The Inland Empire constantly steps up, constantly supports our troops overseas. I wish it could have been different for our Vietnam veterans, but we make sure we reach out and honor our Vietnam veterans, our Korean War veterans, and those remaining World War II veterans we have. And, of course, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Desert Storm, everything that's been going on, we have been behind it, supporting them. And we continue to do so. I need to send a shout-out to the National World War II Museum, where I got to visit this past Saturday in New Orleans. Let me say that they do everything incredibly well in preserving World War II's history. And the beauty of it is it represents the soldier, sailor, airman, marine, National Guard, and reservist extremely well. You see names that you know, but you also see the names of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines, they did nothing but step up heroically and serve their country during World War II. And you see and hear their stories. And, of course, the displays are awesome from start to finish. So the city of New Orleans and to Mr. Ambrose, who began this idea, who has passed away since it was opened, and to Boeing for underwriting such fantastic displays. Thank you all. Thank you to the city of New Orleans. And... Also, we want to remind everyone, this past week, our First Lady came into town. She is worried about homeless veterans. I think we all are. We've shown here in the Inland Empire that we have a tremendous compassion for our homeless vets. We've been working tirelessly to get them homes, get them places to stay, get them an education. If they need help with substances, uh, other problems, we are there for them. We successfully found housing for 300 homeless vets. That was supposedly the population of homeless vets in Riverside County last year. Well, folks, while well, we have 350 more this year. So our job is not done, and I congratulate the Housing Authority of Riverside County and Heidi Marshall, the Board of Supervisors, our county CEO, Jay, or everyone, for doing such a good job in targeting veterans. And that initiative started by Jeff Stone and John Tavaloni, two county supervisors, one a veteran, and one right now a Senate candidate. And, folks... We are just very fortunate to have so many people that care about our veterans. And, you know, when we look at veterans, we have 133,000 in Riverside County. Uh, several hundred of them don't have housing or a job. But over 129,000 are doing okay or better than okay. And we salute them for their service to their country and success in the business world or serving in public safety or whether it be a fire department, police department, sheriff's department or city government, or county government, or state government, federal government even, and then, of course, making business successful. And one of the things we do is try and find people that are trying to do great things for veterans. And there's an organization, the Veterans Business Incubator, that is really trying to do good things and great things for veterans out there. 
and they are centered in the Coachella Valley, but will serve the entire county. And I want to recommend uh, you take a look at them and see if it's something that you would like to get involved with or support, because they have a great, great effort that they're undertaking. I want to welcome Barry Keyes to Duty on Our Country. Barry, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the... Uh being with you guys. Well, this is going to be a fun time for you, Barry, because first question that's really easy, but very technical, is how did you decide to get involved in this incubator project and, and help vets out? What drove you to do that? Well, there's a very fine lady by the name of Patty Patain, and Patty Patain is a commentator in the desert, in the Palm Desert, and she's actually the one who has the vision and the drive and the compassion to make this happen with the veterans. Uh, she needed some help from a business point of view, and I've been a, I would uh, consider myself a successful guy in business, and uh, when she presented this project uh, to me, I said, I want in, even though I'm not a veteran, but I really want to help the veterans. I, I these, these especially the uh, severely, uh, uh, severely uh, handicapped uh, folks uh, where they need the most help uh, and we want to help those folks uh, as best we can go from whatever position and company that they would like uh, to be involved in and see if we can get them some permanent work and get them into business if they would like to and uh, provide them jobs. Uh, these guys need jobs, the severely wounded, and we want to help them the best we can. So that's well, how I got involved. You know, Barry, this is a an issue that's close to every veteran's heart and their family members and many of their friends is we have a loved one injured in the line of duty. Unfortunately, that loved one didn't lose their life, but they may have lost a limb. But that does not mean that they lost their motivation to succeed in business or in government or in charitable work. So what's needed, of course, are more programs like yours. And I want to thank Patty Pachain for her energy and her drive and her dedication to support veterans. I've known her for over two decades and know that when she's passionate about something, she will bring a lot of attention to it and she'll help solve that problem. So thanks to Patty. If she's able to listen today, we want to thank her and encourage you to listen to her programming in the Coachella Valley. Now, one of the things we know, Mrs. Obama puts a lot of light on this, so does Mrs. Biden, so does our Congress, so does our Senate, Paul Cook, uh, Congressman Ruiz from the desert, um, Mark DeCano over here, and, of course, Ken Calvert, all working together to see if they can get veterans jobs. But it's tougher to get a veteran a job who's had an injury, and that injury does not disable them intellectually in most cases, but people look and judge you differently if you're missing a limb or if you've been severely burned and scarred. And and getting people past that and remembering that these veterans, these heroes, are capable of working is really part of what Barry and Patty and others are trying to do. So, Barry, tell us how you can help people find work and what types of work you're going to help them find that are, are veterans. Um more than happy to do that. Um, we've created, in through Patty's vision, uh, what we call a business incubator. And that's where businesses 
will provide the services and teach or be able to assist in bringing these folks that we're talking about uh, into uh, a situation where they can have a purpose, uh, be involved in any way they want from the beginning of something from A to Z. If they want to be an owner of the business, we want to provide them and provide them really permanent work, whether it be working for a firm or whether it be on their own, and we want to help them succeed at that. And that's where we're doing the public uh, from the government helping us to private sector and bringing in private businesses to help out. And we want to give those severely wounded veterans or the wounded veterans the opportunity to uh, have that opportunity and bring that to them through our incubator. We want to get these uh, wounded folks out of their homes, out of a depressing situation, and come into and have that purpose and come into one of our incubators. Our intention and plan here is to build a campus in Coachella, which we are now uh, getting the land, and that land we should have in the next few weeks so we can build this campus. In the meantime, we're going to have some facilities uh, where we can start training. We have a, uh, an opportunity coming up here in the next week or two that we want to put at least uh, our goal is to get to couple hundred uh, veterans to work in the IT world and we have a firm who has an opportunity to do that uh, but we want to give these ladies and men the opportunity to pick and choose what they would like to be in. Patty for an example is going to have and on our campus is a broadcast center and that broadcast center is going to be able to assist these folks in becoming if they wish a broadcast uh, announcer or an electrician or something involved in that with TV and radio and we want to teach them how to do that and then we have other folks who will guarantee them work. Uh, our goal is to have everyone that comes through our program have a job, have a job uh, waiting for them and be through the learning process in this incubator program. The city of Coachella is extremely being helpful to us uh, to make this happen. There's a very large uh, unemployment in that area. There's a lot of veterans in that area. But not only are we going to do it from Coachella, but we want to do this from any veteran that wants to do this anywhere around the country. And our goal is to provide them not only the job, but provide them a, a living opportunities. And we will uh, actually take homes and retrofit them to fit uh, the handicapped issues that are at hand and bring their family with them. Not only are they uh, uh, having a difficulty, but when they come back home, we're finding that the family's having difficulty also. And by bringing them together in this kind of an arrangement, uh, the whole family will be involved if they wish to uh, here in the Coachella Valley area. And uh, we have several projects that we'll be working on. Our main thing right now is get the incubator off the ground, get, uh, get these in, uh, men and women working and learning, uh, whatever they want, and bring them to the facility. Uh, All right, folks, need. this is Duty Honor Country with Tom Freeman on AM590. And we're going to be right back with Barry Keys, who I had to abruptly cut off because we need to go to a commercial so we can pay some bills and thank our sponsors. Folks, stay tuned to AM590 The Answer. 
And don't forget, you can always check us out at am590theanswer.com. Out here. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Parade. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590 The Answer. You're listening to Duty Honor Country. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for Duty Honor Country. And don't forget, folks, if you can't listen to us on the radio because you got to go inside your home or office, punch us up at am590theanswer.com. That's am590theanswer.com. And tune in to us by listening live. So thank you for being with us this week. Uh, we're talking to Barry Keys, but just a couple of more comments before we get back to Barry. Really exciting news for the Inland Empire from the office of Governor Jerry Brown or Edmund G. Brown Jr. We have been inviting the governor's new military council, which is loaded with general officers and legislators, to come to Riverside County. Just recently, they have accepted that invitation at the March Air Force Base. They will meet. And we will have a chance to talk about the priorities uh, for our armed forces here in the Inland Empire with this very important council. It's made up of mostly retired senior military leaders, some state legislators. The governor has a great team on board that are helping us on military issues. And having them here is really going to be helpful to making our case to keep our two military installations open. Not only open, but we'll talk about new weapons systems that we need and weapons platforms that we need, and also the ability of March Air Reserve Base and the Naval Surface Warfare Center at Corona to take on new missions as the Defense Department downsizes and a sequestration continues to impact all the military. They're looking for ways to provide national defense and do so at reduced costs. So this is a way to wave the flag for Riverside County by having the governor's military council here. And we want to thank Governor Brown, Chairman Teuscher, and others for accepting our invitation. We look forward to them coming down. That won't be until the month of September. They meet on a quarterly basis. They just finished meeting in Monterey, so this is important. Step forward for the County of Riverside and its military installations, and we thank them for that. And now, returning to our regularly scheduled program, we want to welcome Barry Keyes back, and we were talking about, with Barry, uh, veterans and their need for work, particularly those that have been uh, designated as our wounded warriors or have received injuries, lost limbs, have had uh, tra- traumatic brain injuries, what have you. All these folks may have lost that limb, folks, or may have been severely injured, but they haven't lost the will to live and the will to succeed, the will to want to feed a family and take care of themselves and be self-sufficient. So as we look around the country, I'm very proud of this country, the way that it is helping veterans across the country get back on their feet. And I was in... New Orleans last week, and while being in New Orleans, I got to see county supervisors or county commissioners and talk to them about their military programs and what they're doing, and the good news, folks, is because America 
CARES, veterans are going back to work in record numbers. So we're seeing our veterans' unemployment numbers starting to go down because so many are reaching out to help them. But we still have a great need, and it's organizations who come together for no other purpose than to help our veterans, our brave men and women who serve in uniform, who've been wounded or injured, and need help in finding a job. And that's why we look at things like our our veterans and say, we can do better, we can do more. And Barry Keys, you're back here on Duty on Our Country. We thank you for listening there for just a moment while we're talking about important developments and jobs and employment for veterans. So, Barry, you know, we talked a little bit how you and Patty Patain came together. Let's talk about something that you mentioned just a moment ago, that the city of Coachella. It's a very patriotic city, uh, has a great mayor and city council, been very helpful along with staff to you personally. Tell us where it is that you're going to build this new center and what the purpose of that center will be as you try and get veterans back to work. The the campus is going to be in Coachella on about five acres, and the uh, campus will have housing, not housing, but it will have facilities for different uh, businesses to be available to these uh, veterans. Uh, We'll also have on there the broadcast center, which will be a center for learning in the broadcast industry through radio and TV, uh, and be hosted and and taught uh, to these folks so that they can pick and choose whatever they want. Uh, we also have in here another entity that's going to participate in this that I'm involved in called Winsum Winter Summer Sports Network, and we want to. Uh, make this available for the veterans serving as guest hosts of an online sports-related shows where they would uh, interview with athletes, officials, coaches, sports, if they wish to. Uh, and Patty's our organization under this or under her direction and teaching or, or educating, I'll say, uh, these veterans if that's an area they'd like to be in. We have several other business opportunities uh, to provide to these veterans with many more that want to participate. We're looking for more businesses that are veteran-owned and private sector that uh, would like to participate here, not only in Coachella Valley, but bring something. As an example, we have a company that is in the construction of prefabricated walls and uh, product that will go on the walls, and we have already have three or four different opportunities here in the Coachella Valley are in desert in Palm Palm Desert. We have a project that's going to start in September that's going to be a 69 unit uh, building using this product and the veterans are going to benefit not only financially but I want to in in this production uh, process it'll be available for veterans who want to learn who want to participate who could end up maybe even having a license if they're in another area and if they uh want to do this on their own as a business, we intend to help them succeed at that and have a license to uh, build that product. Uh, We're going to have here in Coachella uh, a facility that will be a fabrication facility so that they can be brought here to the building industry here in our own valley. 
and reduce their cost and give them a product that's far superior to what they're doing now under formal construction. So these are the things that the campus will do. Our next step after that, or during this period, we have the, in Coachella, we have homes that are, we're probably going to rent for these veterans and retrofit them to fit their needs. Eventually, our objective is to find some land and build homes uh, for the veterans and have a community where they can be in their own community if they want to, uh, and, and even have on their medical facilities or so for them to have uh, uh, some uh, psychologists, etc., to assist them uh, with everyday life. So that's what we're doing here in Coachella. And the city has been bending over backwards to help us. The city council has been wonderful uh, to participate in this. Uh, the uh, mayor, uh, Ed Garcia, has been absolutely very supportive, and the whole council has been supportive. And we're going to bring business back here. We've got businesses. The city of Coachella would like to bring business to their community, and our intention is to help that and have it uh, supported by the veterans that want to go back to work and stay right here in the valley if they wish. Yeah, I think uh, it's really important to know, Barry, that for people to know that Coachella is a very patriotic town. I can't tell you they're almost, Indio calls itself the city of festivals. They have had more exciting things in Coachella over the years I participated in their Christmas parade on several occasions. They have patriotic Fourth uh, of July Memorial Day uh, events in their parks. I mean, they're a wonderful people, a wonderful council. Really excited for Eddie Garcia. He'll be headed to the state assembly, and likely Stephen Hernandez will replace him, who currently works for Riverside County Supervisor Marion Ashley and is also the mayor pro tem of Coachella. So those folks uh, want to help vets for the right reason. It isn't a political cause. It is a proper cause for people to help veterans who serve the country, been injured in the line of duty, and also have to thank their city manager and the staff for coalescing around you so that this can be a reality because it's really difficult to get somebody to give you land for a campus or a center and then you have to go out and raise the money through grants and other means, uh, private donations so that you can facilitate the construction and get these courses underway. And I think Patty Patain is going to have a lot of fun teaching people about broadcasting school. I never went to it. I was just given the chance here to have a station that supported me to say, let's let's talk about veterans in the military on the air. And I came in here uh, green. I'm still green. But I know that AM590, the answer has uh, been great in its support of veterans and the military and really goes out of its way. And it it is a station which has a con, uh, conservative bent on all weekday programming. There's no doubt about it. And, but many people listen to the station from other um, political spectrums, of course. And we find that one issue that unifies rather than polarizes is a need to take care of veterans and their families. And that's what Barry Keyes and his organization are trying to do. And folks, you know, you need to reach out and support these people. Now, I have to go take a commercial here for just a few minutes, and then we'll be back with Barry Keyes, and we're going to talk more about what we can do as a country, as a county, as cities, as citizens, to get more veterans back to work, help their families, and watch them have some success and thank them for their service. So keep it tuned to AM590 all the time. And if you want to listen to us live, go to am590theanswer.com, click on Listen Live, and 
You'll hear Duty on Our Country. We're here every Sunday from 5 to 6 p.m. That's it for now. I'll be right back out here. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590, The Answer. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for Duty on Our Country, here every Sunday from 5 to 6 p.m. And if you can't listen to us in your car, you can do it at am590theanswer.com. That's am590theanswer.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll see Duty on Our Country there, and you can listen to us. And, you know, we keep getting good news for our military personnel here in the Inland Empire. March Air Reserve Base, of course, the home to the 452nd, is looking good, folks, looking real good for the new tanker system. We're we're headed into what we call Mob 3. That's the selection process for new tankers. And we, of course, want those tankers, which supply fuel for aircraft, to support President Obama's new military deployment called the Pivot to the Pacific, Remember, as he winds down the Middle East War and activities in Afghanistan that he ramped up on, we're going to pivot all the way to the Pacific. As we pivot to the Pacific, we need more tankers on this side of the United States, so it only makes great sense to locate those tankers right here at March Air Reserve Base with a 13,000 square foot or 13,000 foot runway. I don't even know what the square footage on that thing is. But it's a couple miles long plus, and it can handle any aircraft anywhere. And we've got great Air Force Reserve crews here that are welcoming the opportunity to continue to serve. They've already got the C-17, but let's step up, get the tankers, and it'll be great. The Air National Guard is getting new F-15s for their air defense mission at March Air Reserve Base. So the good news keeps rolling along. Navy Reserve stepping up, Army Reserve, everybody's doing well. Thank you for your service over there at March Air Reserve Base and all the host unit and the tenant units that are on the base, including the 163rd, which is getting the new Reapers, replacing the current Predator. And those are drones, folks, and they are very cool and very helpful. Save a lot of lives by keeping piloted aircraft out of harm's way. So we're still doing quite well in the armed forces in the Inland Empire. And we want to make sure that San Bernardino keeps 29 Palms open. It's Marine Training Center. And also Fort Irwin. Fort Irwin might be on the endangered species list. You never know. And we've taken more than our share of cuts and closures here in the Inland Empire on military bases. And this makes things more important. What we're talking about with our guest, Barry Keyes, is that, you know what? The military is going to get smaller. We all know that. Marine Corps shrinking. The Army will shrink. The Navy will probably take a small hit. The Air Force will get smaller. That means lots of veterans are going to be out of work, looking for a job. Now, they've got the best GI Bill in the history of this country, and we want to thank the Senate and the Congress for approving that. Folks, you're not using your benefits. You need to use those benefits. And if programs like those that Barry Key is offering through his business incubator qualify, they can get reimbursed for helping train you for a new career, whether it's broadcasting, radio, TV, whether it's information technology or IT or construction or agriculture, any of these fields, all open, and they're ready to reach out to Barry and his operation. Barry, how does everyone get a hold of you 
if they want to talk to you about job opportunities or how they can donate or how they can help you? How do they call you or uh, email you? Well, if you go right to our website, uh, it's all on there. And the website is uh, vet, V-E-T, V-B-I dot com. That's uh, www.vetdbi.com. And all the information is on there. We would love for some supporters. We're having uh, people who would like to donate funds, people who want to go back to work, people who want to, especially veteran companies that are owned by veterans or operated by veterans, want to put on their own folks. We have uh, companies like the Chandi Group in the desert that's builders and uh, he's uh, participating with us. We have EnviroTech as an example, a gentleman by the name of John Vermillion and EnviroTech, it will put on employees, they're participating in our incubator. We've got company like GreenSense, who's a collector of ink and toner cartridges and cell phones. There's a market for that, we want to work on that. Uh, there's the insulator business management, excuse me, I didn't say that right. Insulator Building Materials Green, that is providing product for buildings out here. All these folks uh, want to put on people uh, an offer to these veterans an opportunity to be in business for themselves and have a job. Uh, so if they reach out to us and have some ideas or know where we can get some of these donations, whether it be $100 or $100,000. We're looking to support this. Uh, the government, by the way, uh, we have been blessed by the VRNE, which is the Veterans Administrator Employment Services, to do this program. We've, been, uh, we've done uh, work, and it's completed with the Department of Commerce. The Department of Labor is complete. The, we've established a partnership with the County of Riverside. That's completed. Uh, we've done an awful lot of work, and by the way, we have a team that's on this. Uh, this is not just Patty and myself. We've been very fortunate to get people on our team, as well as the city, some officials. Scott Hines has now joined us, as you may know, as past uh, mayor of Cathedral City. Uh, so we put together a wonderful staff available to uh, these veterans. We're working with the workforce also who wants to help us. Uh, get their people to work, and we're part of that uh, group to make that happen. Well, you're doing tremendous work, and it's for a great cause, folks. So if you can find it in your heart or in your wallets or in your time to donate, don't forget to contact Barry and his friends, all of them that are working. It's not just the Patty Patain and Barry show. It is a effort, a collective effort, as you heard some of the companies mention there. I want to talk about the availability of this program because our program goes all over the globe and we get emails and we have people listening. Now, who is eligible for help at your new campus that you're about to construct? Uh, any veteran that would like to participate, all they got to do is contact us, uh, depending where they're at. The uh, we, we've been really blessed with the government uh, helping us and wanting to do this. And in fact, they were so excited about our program, which we're doing, is that they asked us if we would do this on a national basis once we get this incubator up and running. And I would love to do that. Our whole team would love to do that. You just got to start somewhere and you got to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. There's a, a lot 
uh, to, to put together here and all of the assistance uh, by officials, by the veterans themselves, is welcomed uh, on this. And we we will be getting some veterans, if they wish, that are, uh, let's say they're in the, the back east in Texas, as an example. And if we can provide them that location out here and they can work with us uh, and we can work with them, and when they're finished, go back to that particular location and have a the ability to be in business for themselves, we want that to happen. That's our goal. Uh, that's the objective. This is, again, Patty Patain's uh, a vision to put these severely wounded, wounded and veterans to work and give them a purpose. And I can't emphasize that enough uh, because they deserve it. We want to help them get there, and I'm bringing in business people to help them do that, to get their talent, uh, to provide it to these folks. And I don't want it to cost them a nickel if it's possible. Well, that's that's the issue is also, I think you have an opportunity there as you work with the federal government, the state and local governments, the county. I know the Board of Supervisors, they have created a county in which we are known and becoming fast recognized as the most veterans-friendly county in the entire country. So that's an accomplishment, and you do that by reaching out to help veterans, veterans of every war, veterans of peace, and veterans who have voluntarily served their country. And let's not forget, folks, we have a lot of people that a draft was around, and these folks were drafted into service of their country. They reported for duty. They saluted the flag. They followed the rules. They went to war, and they came home. And we're mistreated. That's our Vietnam veterans. Our Korean veterans, they responded to a draft. Some volunteered and uh, entered into service. But if you look at this, we had a draft, and people were taken from their homes, their schools, their families, and sent off to wars all over the place. And they served with distinction, many of them highly decorated. And all that served gave some, and of course, some gave all. But we remember our veterans from each war and each period of peace in which, in my case, I served 10 years of active duty service from 79 to 90, almost 11 years. And during that time, we had some policing operations. It wasn't until I got into the Guard as a traditional guardsman in 1990 that I got mobilized to go do something in Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield. And by the time the war began, it was over, and our unit was stood down, so we did not respond overseas. We were ready to go, locked and loaded, trained, ready, and we got stood down. So I've not served overseas, except for a few flights overseas, and to see bases and meet with other military leaders or government leaders. And I have to tell you that I really have a great respect for our veterans, especially this youngest group, which began 12 years ago enlisting after the 9-11 attacks and has gone off to combat and know when they enlist, it's likely they're going into harm's way, and yet they keep coming, and they're patriots, and we need to help them. And we help them by working with groups like Barry Keys. And Barry, we're going to have to go here, so just give us a phone number that we can have people call you if they're interested to donate their time, donate their money or resources, or they want information on your program. So go ahead and give your phone number right now. 213-610-1000. One more time. 213-610-1000. All right, folks, you're listening to Duty on Our Country. I'm Tom Freeman, your host. Don't forget to stay tuned. 
Check us out at am590theanswer.com. And we'll be right back with one last segment here on Duty on Our Country out here. And thanks to Barry Keyes, our special guest, and congratulations to Patty Patane. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590, The Answer, and that Navy hymn we played today for Captain Eric Verhaeg, United States Navy, Annapolis grad, and commander of the Naval Service Warfare Center at Corona. And Eric has been a guest on the show, and he is leaving us, folks. He's being recalled to Washington. So we will have a change of command ceremony on August 1st, and that change of command ceremony is a big deal. And he will have a new naval officer coming in to replace him. And i got to tell you, Eric Verhaeg has been an amazing asset for the United States Navy and in this community. What he has done to outreach, what he's done to create jobs for the private business sector. That's very unusual for a Navy to reach out to the community beyond its gate and say, we want to partner with you, we want to create jobs. And what he's done with his technology transfer agreements has been amazing. So we congratulate him on his great years of service here, wish him well back in Washington, and hope like heck the Navy has a flag rank or admiral, rear admiral, lower half to be specific, for him, they need to make this guy go to the next level, and he will do great work for the Navy. He's a great ambassador, a great entrepreneurial spirit, outstanding leader, and has really done a Tremendous amount of work in the community. So we wish him well. Bon voyage. And we wish him a safe travel. And I know for Eric, it's full steam ahead. And he'll have a great career in Washington. And if he decides to step aside and retire and go into the civilian world, he'll find many places that want to bring him aboard because he's an exceptional leader. And we thank him for his service. And no, his replacement is inbound, August 1st, and his executive officer, Corey Shedd, stays in place. Captain Shedd, a reservist on active duty, doing great work out there. Troy Clark stays in place. Troy Clark, a former member of Congressman Ken Calvert's staff, it would still be there. And he helps out in the community and with public information. So the team is intact. They're losing its leader, but the Navy doesn't have to rebuild. They just reload. So we really wish... Eric, the very best, and his replacement, who we will make that announcement, although I know the name and have met him already, we'll wait until Eric's big bash is over with on August 1st. So if you want information about how you can attend this change of command ceremony at the Naval Surface Warfare Center, please reach out to your friends at the Naval Surface Warfare Center in Corona, and you can look them up in a phone book and call them. And maybe you'll be lucky enough to be allowed to attend. Also want to thank Congressman Ken Calvert. He's really championing the continued service of the Naval Service Warfare Center in Corona. And as you know, folks, we're looking at a BRAC situation, the Base Realignment and Closure Commission. Rumors abound about BRAC coming again. Not this year, not the next year, but in 2017. 
and we want to be ready and prepared. And Congressman Calvert is doing everything he can to build community support. I know Riverside County is out soliciting every city council, all 28, and all 28 mayors, asking them to communicate their support for the Navy staying at Norco and for the Air Force and all associate units to stay at March Air Reserve Base. That's a big effort. I know the county has been working on this since mid-April. Many of the cities have already signed on board. We want to thank those mayors, the councilmen, the city managers, those people that are working with us, the city clerks, everyone, to make sure we keep Riverside County strong and a major contributor to America's defense both here and abroad. And as I said earlier in an announcement, we will have the governor's military commission and council here in September towards the end of the month. So that's going to be a big deal where we take all these former military leaders and educate them about the contributions that Riverside County and its military personnel and bases make to the Department of Defense and also make a pitch for new weapon systems, new programs, new people, and more resources to keep our country strong. And don't forget, we have a mission, and that mission is to serve the state and federal government in emergency, and so we need to stay strong there. Other great news, the California National Guard Military History Museum, better known as the California Military History Museum, is moving forward again. Looks like we're going to have a display set up. And if I could make one recommendation to the curators, go out and see the World War II Museum in New Orleans. The National World War II Museum is awesome. The displays are beautiful, professional, and California, based on the contribution it's made to every war that I can possibly think of, is probably a great place to have an awesome, awesome state military history museum. It's under the control and command of Major General David Baldwin, our adjutant general. And I'll tell you what, folks, it is a place where we can be proud of and see and learn about California military history. That's about to stand back up again and all move forward and be fantastic. So lots of good news there. Now, moving on to the national military picture, we still seem to be fighting battles with the VA. I've watched these hearings because I have nothing absolutely to do, and my wife is already asleep. I watch these hearings about the VA. And I continue to get worried. I know that Congressman Cook, Congressman Takano, Congressman Ruiz, and Congressman Calvert, Congressman Hunter, all been working very, very hard on this issue. They've all got bills. They've all made statements. I've watched them in these hearings. Their questions are thoughtful, fair, hard-hitting, and they want results. Now, we're going to have a new Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and he has a private sector very successful corporate experience at Procter & Gamble, and is also a West Point graduate where he was number one in his class. So the guy is awesome. Let's see if he can get in there. Let's give him a chance to succeed and make some changes. And let's keep hoping for changes at the VA so that the veterans who qualify for their services get them. There should be no reason for a person going to the veterans hospital asking for care and dying because he or she couldn't get it. That's unacceptable, and I think our elected leaders have said so. Our county supervisors, our state assemblymen and state senate, a shout-out to Brian Nestandy. He is working on a joint resolution in the assembly to support our military and uh, prevent base realignment and closure. That's going forward, so 
Brian doing great work. There's always Senator Roth. Senator Roth, of course, a retired Air Force Reserve Major General. He was a JAG officer his entire career and did great work with the Air Force Reserve. It's very difficult to make general officer in the reserve components, folks, and he did it. And he was the highest-ranking attorney in the Air Force Reserve for a long time. And he started his military career after ROTC. He spent 13 years at March Air Reserve Base. So we're very fortunate to have such a successful person leading in Sacramento and serving in multiple capacities and wearing multiple hats. So that sort of gives you the state overview and what's going on in Washington. Right now, the National Guard continues to fight a battle on who will have helicopters. And it looks like the Army is once again (laughs) making statements with high-ranking members that, well, folks, might just not be on target. Statements made last week by Admiral William Gortney, who's been nominated to command U.S. Northern Command and Army Brigadier General Michael Lundy, the commander of the Army Aviation Center of Excellence at Fort Rucker. In written testimony for Senate Armed Services Committee, Gortney said, increasing airlift capabilities such as Black Hawk helicopters resident in the National Guard gives governors and adjutant generals ready access to capability that should improve states' capacity to respond to natural or man-made disasters. Quote, in my view, the Apache attack helicopter has limited value when conducting the defense of civil authorities, or what we call DSCA mission. In a DSCA rule, the Apache does not meet the most crucial rotary wing aviation mission needs, or airlift to support rapid movement of people and supplies. He's probably right that, yeah, we're not going to load up Apaches, but if that's what we've got, we will. And we'll use them to transport uh, VIPs and special people that need special services. It's a great helicopter. Lundy has said the AH-64 does nothing for a state. It does not do a mission for a state. What in the bigger question is, is the Army and the Navy and the active duty branches ganging up on the Guard to strip it of its combat mission? When in combat right now are Guard and Reserve members And to save their own hide and their own budgets, they're throwing these soldiers and airmen under the bus. Uh, You know, for me, it it just doesn't make any sense. It takes six National Guard battalions to cover what those two active component battalions can cover, he said. Of course, that's not true. We've had General Gus Hargett here on our show before. He's the president of the National Guard Association of the United States. And his disclaimer I'm all a life member and a former board member of the National Guard Association here in California, and, uh, of course, a national member as well. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, we need these helicopters, and we don't need the Army selfishly looking at this, taking helicopters away, and then giving us nothing in return. That's the plan that's really at the bottom of this. Take those helicopters away transfer the money that goes with them and the people, then leave the guard in a a hollow shell. And that's just wrong. So, folks, that's going to do it for duty on our country this week. I want to thank Brad for letting us have this time seven years now. And I got to tell you, we have fun on every single show we get to tape. I want to thank our guest, Barry Keyes, today. What an outstanding guest. And I'll thank all of you that are supporting the incubator program that Barry and Patty Butain are trying to launch in the Coachella Valley 
I heard the Chandi's name mentioned, Mr. and Mrs. Nachatar Chandi, great patriots, very supportive, and uh, we're just glad to have them living and working here in Riverside County, California. Folks, for duty on our country, our staff here at Salem Radio, that's it. I'm Tom Freeman, out here.